We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 190 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside the fan favorite. You know him, you love him. The ladies would love for him to read the phone book and or the back of a cereal box. Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm I'm very well, very flattered and, and slightly embarrassed because I, I have listened to myself on our output. And that's the funny thing. When you hear your own voice, it never sounds quite right. I think because when we actually hear our own voice as we speak which is how we've uh, grown to modify it and change it slightly till we get a sound we like. We're partly hearing it through our ears and partly through the resonance of our skull, the bone, uh, and it makes it uh, a deeper, richer timbre. So when I hear myself back, I sometimes cringe. But, you know, um, each to their own. If the ladies like it, the ladies like it. Thank you very much, ladies. How about you? How are you, mate? I'm fine, and I get the same feeling when I hear myself back too. You know, the, you can put all the. I mean, we have some of the best, some of the best equipment that's that's available, and you know, for the for the average person, and actually in the industry, we we kind of try and build to industry standards, and it just doesn't sound right. I, I don't know. It's just something about hearing yourself. It just doesn't really work. Well, um, if you needed reassurance, but, I will give it to you. You sound fine, mate. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You hear me more than probably just about anybody else. But I did get a a. a uh, a private message uh, from one of our uh, one of our subscribers, uh, a very nice young lady in the United States, and she said that you can read her the phone book and or the back of a cereal box anytime. Okay, DM me, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and to tell you hello, she did say to tell you hello. Well, so. hello right back. There you go. Of course, before we begin, I have to say that we did take big risk when we started all of this. We are not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, which you're hearing now, which we just did. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points. If you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work and the research that goes along with that work. And together, we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, 
coffee per month. Together, we can take action. A subscription start at just $5 per month. Now, are you still unsure of what you're getting? We now offer a 30-day free trial, which includes unlimited access to all features and content. Again, the link is in the program description down below. Where would you like to start today? Actually, I tell you what, I have something. Let's start with... Um, I don't want to get into the Middle East stuff just yet. Okay, we'll we'll get into that. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure you got things you want to you want to discuss on that, and you know we can go back and forth. I'm happy to continue to talk about uh, what we talked about yesterday because I'm really angry about that. That is going to burn me up all the way through this. Uh, but let's start with uh, someone that we know and we don't admire too much, and that's George Soros. Oh, is he still alive? He is. Yeah, he's still there. He is. He is still alive. Uh, Are but, we sure he's not been replaced by AI? You know, the most yeah. corrupt, evil, malicious piece of programming possible, because they, it would have to be to to you know to replace that man's being um, and and just to give him immortality. Are we absolutely? What about him? What about the old fart? Well. Elon Musk, and you know we've we've played some clips of him before. And the last time we played a clip of him, he was doing an interview on CNBC, and the host was pressing him about George Soros, and he was saying, "Yeah, he kind of you know he borderlined on anti-Semitism there when you criticize George Soros." And he made the reference to uh, what was was a movie. He says, "Are you going to offer me money? You're going to offer me power? I don't care." You know, I, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, yeah, but he says, "So you just don't care?" And he says, "Look, I'll say what I want." And that's the end of it. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, just yesterday, yeah. uh, day before yesterday. And I'd like to see if we agree with his assessment. I have not heard this yet, right? So this will be new for both of us. So let's see if we agree with his assessment or not. You know, he, he went off and he has of the sort of George Soros boogeyman. But I mean, Soros actually, you know, it, he, he is, I believe, the top contributor to the Democratic Party. Um, the second one was uh, Sam Bankwood-Fried. Bank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and Soros, I don't know. I mean... He had a very difficult upbringing, um, and uh, I, in my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. That's my opinion. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization, you know, uh, getting DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. That's part of the problem in San Francisco and L.A. and a bunch of other cities. So why would you do that? Was it humanity or is it just the United States as a whole? I mean, is I mean he's doing pushing things in other countries, too. He's not doing just the here. same thing? Yeah. Now, George at this point is pretty old. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, he's basically a bit senile at this point. But I mean, he he, he and, and he's he, he's a, he's very smart. Um, and he's very good at arbitrage. You know, famously, he uh, shorted the British pound. That's sort of how I, uh, I think he made his first uh, money was shorting the pound. Um, so he's he's good at spotting uh, basically arbitrage, like spotting value for money that other people don't see. So. Uh, one of the things he noticed was that in it, it, that that the value for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. So the lowest value for money is a presidential race. Then next lowest value for money is a Senate race, then a Congress, and then. But once you get to sort of city and state district attorneys, um, the value for money is extremely good. And uh, Soros realized that you don't actually need to change the laws; you just need to change how they're enforced. If nobody chooses to enforce the law or the laws are differentially enforced, it's like changing the laws. That's what he, that's what he figured out. But is what's arbitrage that this trend that people haven't pulled the brakes on this and have it reverse course? They're pulling the brakes? Yeah. Yeah, pulling the brakes. First of all, I don't know what's going on with Joe's hair because he's bald. Uh, no. Yeah, he is bald and he's wearing a blonde wig for the purposes of that interview. Um, I don't know who he's trying to be. Right, first of all, the most recent thing I'd heard about Musk until that interview is that he was 
doing deals in China still. And maybe that's out of necessity because of the the business that he's in, in the technology business, he has to deal with the CCP. And we all know that the CCP is the most untrustworthy of uh, of business partners. Uh, They will steal the business out from under you in no time at all. So that's the first question on Musk, as I see him, as, as whether or not he is as smart as he sounds. No, I, I I agree with you. Um, just like to pick out a couple of points in there uh, that he that he mentioned about Soros and what he does. He was right about how the least value for money is the presidency in, in or you know prime minister or uh, chancellor or whoever, right? Whoever you you fund, whatever political group you fund, it, the higher up you go, the least value for money you're going to get. The more value for money in the United States is going to be at the local level. We've been pointing this out for years now that Soros has been going around picking up district attorneys, picking up county sheriffs, picking up local councils, because that's where the power is in America. It's at the local level. We actually have the ability to make the change. If you want to undermine something, the clues in in the description of the task, you don't start at the top. You start at the at the level of, of whatever it is you're undermining where the top can't do much about it or don't even notice that they're being undermined until it's too late. So if you start at local government, law enforcement, judiciary, then you're more effective. So yeah, he's absolutely right. That is where you'd want to start your corruption at base levels, at, at entry levels. That's why I tried to get a local councillor to to come on and talk, but I've made Has no further refused? contact. Has he refused? Uh, or is he, he just avoiding me? He, he's just avoiding me now. Um, and so it because we we've, we've got a he's he's a conservative. However, we've got a liberal democrat local council, and they've just started to you know change parking regulations instead of being able to just pay for your parking with cash or card, you now have to use an app. There are other things that the local council are doing that are are just reducing freedoms, basically, uh, and ensuring that you are tracked and traced uh, as as much as possible. You know, I think it's one in 10 local councils in the UK are on the verge of bankruptcy. And they've now got that... Yeah, they've now got that excuse to make these changes to the way things are currently done to inverted commas save money and and so that's how all of these changes will be put forward anyway back to soros yes yeah certainly take you know bribing the the the, the people in the running for the oval office everyone's got a bit of them every big business is is chipping into them but at the end of the day that level of power means that if you need to ignore the wishes of a benefactor of a you know of a donor you can you can get away with it but at lower level either through bribe well once once someone's taken the bribe at the lower level even if they hadn't got any dirt on them to begin with which they probably had which is why they picked that individual once they've taken the bribe they've got the dirt on them this person took a bribe. We'll expose your corruption. We'll let people know where you got uh, your couple of million, five million, ten million, whatever it was, and and you'll be finished. So it's easily done and um, and very effective. But the other thing that um, Musk said was about 
and it was kind of cutting the old scrotum a break, which was um, he had a very hard upbringing. He had a very hard childhood. Yeah, he did. So did an awful lot of other people right the way through the Second World War. But it didn't turn them into a humanity-hating, greed-driven piece of shit that George Soros turned into. No, I, I tend to agree with that. That was exactly the point I was going to raise, was that has damaged him. And in, in my opinion, that's damaged him in a certain way. It's, and I think you've even brought it up before. It's a sense of guilt that drives him to do what he does. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a sense of, a sense of guilt. But he's using that as an excuse. Oh, the the free society. It's the it's a foundation to to help people. Yeah, Bullshit. he always plays the victim. He always plays the the yeah, charitable yeah. philanthropist victim when in fact he's yeah. he's really the predator. But he said he nothing stands in the way of him closing that deal, making that that extra billion. And something else that Musk said, he said, oh, he recognizes uh, where there's an opportunity. That I think is is uh, misleading. He creates, or his friends and the cabal that he's involved in creates the opportunity. They will cause instability because out of chaos comes that profitability. If you've got markets that are um, ticking along nicely, just a little blip here and there, you can't make billions. But if you've got markets that are booming and crashing, you can make billions by switching your stock at just the right time. And on top of that, to aid that, if you can fund and create unrest in some of these countries where you create that problem, and then you manipulate yeah. the markets to go along with it, you can make a whole lot of money. Which is what I'm talking about, undermining yeah. um, whole countries by buying its lower level politicians, judges, law enforcement. Uh, and so that it creates that. And he, you, know, you can play the long game. It, it could take five, 10, 15 years to create the the level of chaos in a country by poorly applied laws, which in, in this case, uh, Musk is right. It's the way in which the laws are applied. There's nothing particularly wrong with the laws. It's the way they've, they've been applied and enforced that creates a problem. So where you've got people being disrupted by Just Stop Oil, Extinction Rebellion, uh, and these other lunatics, the law it's pretty clear. Peaceful protest is allowed, but you are not allowed to obstruct the highway. That is not allowed. So allowing them to sit there and give them time enough to glue themselves and then arrest the everyday people who are just trying to use the highway, who then get out of their vehicles and drag these unwashed idiots to the side, they're the ones who get arrested, not the unwashed idiot. Speaking of uh, manipulating and moving markets, uh, you had said that, uh, hang on just a second, you had said that you'd spoken to Ned a couple of days ago, and he was of the opinion that Pfizer was going to crash, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want, that's, that's and, from... and what did I tell you in response to that? I said, he's right, and Pfizer, I believe Pfizer and Moderna are both going to crash. They've got to. That even yeah. if they didn't want to, they've got to because they need to not be uh, a functioning entity that can be sued uh, and pay back all those billions of dollars and pounds uh, and euros of taxpayers' money that has been diverted their way through this manufactured uh, bioweapon 
paid for by, well, you know, Fauci uh, and the organizations that he represents. All those billions of dollars, uh, all, all that money that was funneled their way to buy this snake oil, they can't be trading anymore because they will have it all claimed back from what they've got to do is declare bankruptcy the people have already taken the big you know carpet bags full of cash out of the business all of the you know chief executives and and managing directors and heads of department have already had their massive bonus out of those billions so it will just disappear uh because that way it can't be it it can't be sued or they can't be sued Mm -hmm. well this is out as of just a few minutes ago moderna stock in pre-market trading because markets are about to open in the u.s is down almost 16 percent in pre-trading uh that's their biggest third quarter loss since the whole covid and everything has started so we're we're trending down Pfizer, I think the other day was in the same boat. Uh, they were they were headed down. Yeah, the only thing that's still on the up at the moment is uh, defense. The defense companies are still um, trading, uh, and their stocks are, are rising. Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, three days ago, uh, this was a report from uh, from the who who reported this. Three days ago, the report from CNBC, our big financial network, Pfizer reported a net loss of two point three billion in third quarter. So their revenue is down 42% compared to what it was last year. Yeah, but look at the... They, they might have reported a loss of $2.3 well, yeah, billion. Yeah, but last year they were getting all the quarter. contract money. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the tens of billions in in terms of uh, quarterly profits right the way through. And if it even if it wasn't on paper, it was in fact. Because care, careful accountancy is, is, is what keeps uh, big corporations' money safe. So, you know, what's coming in, they always try to make it look as though most of it gets spent, reinvested, so on and so forth. But a big chunk of what is spent is those bonuses, those salaries, and things like that. So, yeah, they are likely to be much, much lower because even even the corrupt governments aren't going to buy loads and loads of doses of snake oil if the up uptake by the public has dropped so low, which it has. Yeah. You know, um, I had a, I had reporting. another reminder. Did you really? Yeah, I had another reminder yesterday saying, you know, book for your seasonal vaccination, including your COVID vaccination and booster. And I just ignored it. I actually got a personal message or an email. Yeah, I think it was an SMS with our country's head virologist uh, vaccine czar doctor. So I went on to her, uh, her Twitter stroke X page and, and stated, you know, this sellout has just invited me to effectively shorten my lifespan uh, with this snake oil. But even then, you, you know, the, the old shadow ban thing where your comments, if you are speaking against the narrative, they just don't get seen. You can tell how many people have viewed your comment. So anyone who's opened up her her X feed uh, and looked at the comments underneath certain things should see your comments as well. But if you're on the shadow ban list, you don't get seen. So I, I don't know, but I think maybe only about 20 people uh, maximum saw my comment. And that's Musk. That's It's still happening. So whether he does it, he's not aware that it's happening or 
whether it's under his instruction that people are still getting shadow banned, which they certainly still are on Facebook and other uh, social medias. So, yeah, the uptake for vaccination has dropped and dropped and dropped. And I'm extremely thankful and grateful that that is the case. And it's not just in the UK where that's happening. That's happening everywhere. Uh, you had the German health minister, uh, Lauterbach, he came out, uh, was it yesterday or day before? And he said that the uptake for the new boosters that are out now are 3.5% of what they actually expected. So the numbers are down across the board. I think, you know, people are, are finally, finally, after all this time, they're finally understanding. They're, they're finally seeing, yeah. it, I think. And, and so these big pharma companies... They've tooled up to churn out, you know, millions and millions of these doses. But even the corrupt governments can't justify buying them if no one's going to take them. Um, that was part of what was going through my head before, you know, we started to talk today. It is is getting the list of uh, the litany of lies, deceptions, uh, malfeasance, malpractice of governments, of scientific agencies, of companies over the, the whole pandemic period, including up to today. Uh, and, and you look at the, um, the things that governments have done. They know that their time's running out. People are aware of these things now, even if they're not protesting them as much as they should be, more and more people are becoming aware. Right from the start, the source of the virus lied to. We were told it was a zoological transfer from a, a, a badly cooked bat or a pangolin in a wet market. That was a lie. The next thing, the testing, the tests that everybody were using were dialed down so uh, minutely that, of course, they are going to pick up and, and give false positives. Then we've got the, the number of people who were recorded as COVID deaths that were not COVID deaths. They were, in fact, deaths by other causes, but within a 28-day period of a positive test. And if the test is so indiscriminate that it picks up on any kind of spike protein, that they're going to be justified in doing that. Then you've got all the PPE and stuff that here in the UK, the Tory government gave all the contracts to its, its cronies. Hospitals. Yeah, the Nightingale hospitals, huge amounts of money spent on two 7,000 bed setups, of which I think they treated 28 patients in. And they sold and those that, beds. It was almost two. We, we went over those numbers. I want to say it was, it was between 1,500 and 2,000 pounds that they paid per bed to have them put into these places. And they sold them at auction for, I think it was five. Yeah. So there's that. It's a litany. It goes on and on and on. You've got the lockdowns, the way in which the middle class is being destroyed, people's businesses ruined. Uh, then further on from that, we now have the fact that they've had to admit that people have been injured by the vaccine or killed. And there's £120,000 per case if you apply and put your case forward from the taxpayer. It's the taxpayer, again, that's paying that money, not Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson. It's not these companies that are paying that. It's the taxpayer here in the UK. So it's just worthwhile every now and again reminding everybody about this long list of, of things. I can't remember even how I started to give this list, but it had something to do with governments. 
<laughs> can you can you help me out here? We were talking about yeah. Moderna stock. We we were talking about yeah. how uh, the stocks are going to have to go. They're going to have to fold. They're going to have to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, they're going to have to do that because if they don't do that and they carry on trading, they will eventually change the law to be able to sue them because they had those indemnity clauses put in under in the US operation lightspeed whatever it was in the UK so that they they couldn't be prosecuted for giving the general public an untested experimental gene therapy I actually had something on Fauci but due to time constraints today we're actually not going to be able to get to it and I do apologize we'll have to uh, we'll have to see if we can pick it up tomorrow tomorrow is is going to be, and I, when I say tomorrow, I literally mean tomorrow, uh, it will be a, a subscriber exclusive for the weekend. We're going to do a very special exclusive roundtable tomorrow. That's going to be myself. It's going to be Marty. It's going to be Ned. And it's going to be Bruce. All four of us are going to be on the same podcast. Uh, and it's going to be a roundtable discussion. It's going to be uh, no time limits as well. So we'll all be able to make all of our points and we'll be able to take our time and and get a, everything out that we want to say uh, about everything. And I'm sure it'll be a, just a, a treasure trove of just all kinds of uh, thoughts and ideas and, and roundtable discussion. So I'm looking forward to that. And I suppose we'll work that in tomorrow. But we'll have to move today because you need to be on a call and I've got to take care of some other things. So let's move over to the Middle East. Uh, this is out of Australia today. Australia is getting involved and we will get your thoughts and uh, I can talk about the other things that are going on with uh, Iranian proxies that they're getting ready to use. And we'll deploy Australian Defence Force personnel and two Royal Australian Air Force aircraft to the Middle East. It comes as the conflict between Israel and Hamas intensifies and the threat of a ground invasion into Gaza looms. For more, I'm joined by Acting Prime Minister Richard Miles. Good morning to you. Um, well, where are the ADF headed? Where will they be based and what is their mission? Uh, well, morning, Shervo. We are uh, sending another two aircraft to the Middle East. We're not saying where they will go for operational reasons, but they will join uh, an existing aircraft which is in the Middle East, so that takes the total to three. And with them will be a contingent of Australian personnel, which is a pretty significant contingent of personnel. And they are there to support uh, Australian populations in the Middle East. This is very much a contingency. Uh, we don't know how this is all going to evolve. We hope that it is contained to Israel and Gaza. But if matters do get worse, we want to make sure that we are prepared. And that's why we are deploying these aircraft in this way. But in saying that, the, the, the message that we really want to give to Australians who are in the region is if you want to leave, uh, don't rely on this. Take the options that you've got uh, on commercial aircraft and, and make your departure because this is a very volatile situation and it's it's uncertain how it all plays out. We know that the uh, US has increased their presence over there at the moment. Uh, is it our relationship with the US that has caused this decision to be made? No, this is very much about Australian populations and it's about supporting them. Uh, I mean, we are, we are unsure how this is all going to play out. The world is unsure. Uh, and so we want to make sure that uh, we are ready. There are significant Australian populations in the region. Um, and if they need support, I mean, if, if, if there is a moment where we need... Right, Pencil Neck, you've already said that. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on the Aussies getting, getting mixed up in this? Well, that, he said it all there, actually. I think for once that was a politician telling the truth. The numbers of troops, the type of aircraft are there for evacuation and humanitarian purposes. Normally, there should have been a UN decision on this. 
Where where are they? Where are the UN? It should have been mobilizing all of the nations that are signed up to that treaty to go in and stop the conflict. But of course, no one's got the stomach for it. No one wants it to happen because the UN is completely corrupt and run by China. And it would be a waste of time. So independent nations are sending their medics plus a security detail for the medics plus uh, aircraft capable of taking passengers injured and evacuating them from the region. So it, it really is a, a case of getting as many civilians out as possible because that's what countries need to be seen to be doing, their governments need to be seen to be doing, if those governments are not to be toppled at their next election. So I, th- I think he was telling the truth, actually, uh, ab- about it. And yeah, he was a pencil neck, but I don't think he was lying. In that regard, no, I, I tend to agree with you. So you've got Iranian proxies that are now joining. Of course, we talked about the Houthis the other day, their involvement uh, coming out of Yemen. And it's speculated that you will have Hezbollah now get involved into this fight coming out of the north from Lebanon. Yeah, it's it, it's going to get worse. It is going to get worse, which mm. is why those civilians need to be got out. Yeah. Um, is there going to be anything left, uh, well, even if it stays conventional, which I sincerely hope it does even if it stays conventional is there going to be anything worth salvaging in the occupied territories the state of israel itself uh i i just don't know it's they have not they rebuild really really quickly their methods of of rebuilding are extremely fast but it always looks like the worst slum shanty town unfinished buildings i don't think they bother they don't even bother putting a coat of paint on the outside of buildings because they know it's sooner or later it's going to get hit by a rocket or something. So, you know, what is the point? Can't somebody just get these people into a room and knock some sense into the leaders? But no, no, there's I, no I don't think to do that. No, no, I, I, no I, I've, I would I would love for that to happen, but that's not going to happen. And and the reason it's not going to happen is because you've got vested interests in in all parts of the world here that want to see this escalate, including the Israelis, Netanyahu and, and the rest of them. They're not trying to de-escalate anything with this. Nothing at all. They're trying to to go further with it. Now, this leads to what I've I've really I popped off yesterday about it. I don't know if you've heard that yet, but I went on a a 10, 15 minute barn burner about what they're trying to do in the US. And that is they're trying to bring back a draft and they've changed the draft age all the way up into the early to mid 40s. Now, you don't do that unless you're planning to use it. Now, they say that's to tackle a recruiting crisis, but that's BS. That that's wholeheartedly BS. Uh, If they wanted to fix their recruiting crisis, then all they have to do is reverse everything they've done with this woke garbage. So they're not willing to do that. So and I've got it on good authority from somebody at the county level in the U.S. who works for the selective service committees that are being told that they are to be ready when this starts. Conscripts are, are never a good idea. No. Um, well, not now. Every now- my, my argument, just to be clear, my argument is now that we've actually sat down and we've studied and we've figured out what these bastards have done, there is no way in hell that I'm going to be going in for that. You can forget it. That is not going to happen. I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm expected to, to go in and, and fight and die for what these sorry sacks have done. No, no, absolutely not. Well, no. And everyone uh, with a brain is feeling the same way. It's because of the 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 waste of of lives and materials 
effort, time that all of these conflicts have demonstrated, no real benefit or change has come from these police actions that the states has has been involved in and dragged us along as as your little loyal puppy to um to to make it happen same with australia new zealand canada the five eyes we've all been dragged into these these conflicts and nothing has come of them no real good has come of them so people are not going to want to be conscripted but conscript soldiers are only there really to provide the dead that's the the bottom line of it. Uh, if you've got a, a a big population and and uh, you you're having difficulty in finding jobs for them all, uh, and you you're having difficulty housing and feeding them, you know, even if they're working, you might still find you know supply lines and uh, pro- producing food for a big population is difficult. So round them up, put them in a uniform, half train them, and send them into a conflict. I actually made the uh, yeah. I actually made the recommendation yeah, totally. yesterday. How about the people that caused this? How about they get conscripted? You send them. Yeah, uh, I'm entirely for that. Uh, there, there should there should be these these global arenas where two two men or women or toasters enter and only one goes out. You know, round them up and find them guilty of their their various crimes against humanity, and then they can pay for those crimes by entertaining us. I don't know. You'd have to prolong it a bit. You couldn't give them anything too dangerous. I'm, I'm waffling, but no, it's um, conscription. To my mind, is a bad idea. Every now and again, someone comes up with the idea in the UK. When we talk about the unemployed, we talk about our youth not having any any real values or direction or discipline about national service coming back into force. That is the last thing that any professional service man or woman wants they don't want to have half trained unwilling individuals in their units you need to rely on everybody in your unit whatever that unit might be that they're going to do their job properly to the best of their ability and have your back but conscripts don't equate to that i think some forms of uh, you know you have in the states You've still got the Peace Corps, I'm assuming, or has that we been do, disbanded? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's more yeah. like the Peace Corps now has been taken over by the Marxist revolutionaries, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah, but something like that without the Marxism would be useful in most Western countries just to give their young people, either before they go to university or immediately after, so that they get some worthwhile experience and have a chance to contribute to their own country. I'm not talking about flying them to far-flung corners of the earth to build wells and and help with farming. Although, you know, that would be um that would they be useful with Yeah, they need that. <laughs> they they do need that. I'm I'm talking about things within your own country where you're given a bit of training and you're given some skills that you can apply to improve things on your own doorstep. That's to to my mind that's a much better way of doing things rather than national military service. There was a bit out in the UAE where they have a thing called it was it was like a public service thing but it was in all the schools and it was using military training within all of their state schools and private schools to give to their students to Emiratis and they 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 were trying to convince me that if they did 
the personal weapon training as a child in schools, then we could cut that out of their training when they joined the military full time. They could save time and money by only training all of their kids to use a rifle and not properly train their soldiers because they'd already have the skills. Uh, And I had to point out to them that there's a big difference between learning to shoot as a teenager, 13 to 16 years old, than there is to shooting uh, the battle shot as an adult. And the way in which it's conducted, the way in which things sink in, the safety elements and all those sorts of things. But yeah, some fool came up with the idea to save money and time and I had to roundly kick back against it. Didn't make me very popular as it happens with the the powers that be, but um, it was my moral duty to do so. So if there is to be a draft, yeah, it's going to cause more problems than it's going to solve. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I made my, my point on it yesterday pretty clear. Uh, and I I can't say that you're going to be able to convince someone like me at all. Not not at this point. You know, see, this, this, is, this is what's so important. And this is the biggest point that people miss is if you allow yourself to be whipped up into a frenzy, if you allow yourself to be taken in by hysteria, right? Because that's what they've tried to get everybody involved in, including now with the current conflict. If they can get you into a state of confusion and they they whip you up into a, a sense of being uneasy, well, then they can start feeding you false narratives and they can put you off track. And when they put you into another another area with these false narratives, when you're off track, you can then be further manipulated to be steered away from what's actually going on. If you understand what is happening, if you understand the truth of what is happening, then you cannot be manipulated in any way, shape or form. And that's what they fear the most is that right there. And I'm not when I say they, I have to be clear, I'm talking about the people that are steaming this up behind the scenes. You've got both sides here that want a war. You've got elements in the Far East. You've got elements here in the West. They all need it. All of them. You've got economic woes happening in the Far East. They need a war. You've got people here that have screwed up royally for getting into business with people in the Far East. And so everybody needs a war except for we the people. We don't need a war. We need these people stopped. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. In retrospect, having thought about it for a moment, if the draft, the purpose of the draft was to protect your own landmass, I could go with it. But it's not. It's it's project your force across the globe and get rid of some problems while you're doing it. And those problems being human beings. Conscription doesn't work. Uh, it's not good. Professional, um, highly trained armed forces are what wins battles, not conscripts. I've got to go in a minute, and it's almost as if, I don't know how they're listening, um, but they're, they're, they seem to be listening, from the NHS. It's another email from Dr. Nikita Kanani, MBE, GP and Deputy Lead of NHS Seasonal Vaccine Vaccination Programs, NHS England. She can go and get f***ed, and so can anyone else who is promoting that filth going into people's arms. I think I've said my piece on conscription in the draft, and I can see why it would upset you, especially as you're in the bracket. Oh, oh, I'm in a bracket, all right. I assure you, I'm in a bracket, all right, but I'm not in a bracket in their equation. Yeah. yeah. Was it Bodmus, brackets, 
uh, outside division, addition, subtraction. That's how you deal with an equation. Yeah. So, yeah, be outside yeah. of those brackets if you can be. I was brought up by people who fought the Second World War. I've always wanted to be a serviceman. That was didn't matter which. In fact, I did two. I did the Army and the Navy. Uh, it, it didn't matter which. I just wanted to be someone who served my country. I'm afraid that that kind of enthusiasm for military service has dwindled, diminished, and almost disappeared. And I actually don't blame anyone for not wanting to join up. I don't see it as any kind of cowardice. I see it as a simple, sensible choice in that you cannot guarantee that any war you might be sent to is justified and even viable. So they're willing to risk your life to further their pockets and their agendas. And it's not a case of protecting your own homes, your own land, your own borders. It's a case of projecting this globalist agenda around the world and keeping certain regions destabilized to give that chaos that allows scrotums like Soros and the other billionaires to make even more billions. And underneath all that, I'm pretty sure you're right in that it's all part of the long range communist plan. You got it. All right, we're going to have to go, my friend. It's been a great conversation. I will see you tomorrow on the exclusive. That will do it for us for today and for this week. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Monday.